Are you a meat eater, but not a meat lover? Do you eat chicken or maybe some fish, but you prefer veggie-based dishes like pastas or soups? Are you trying to lean up, but even though you're eating healthy and in a calorie-controlled diet, the scales perhaps just aren't budging? Have you ever thought that maybe it's your protein intake? On today's episode of The Nutrition Couch, Susie shares a case study from one of her clients where there's nothing wrong with her diet per se, except that she's missing the mark when it comes to her protein intake. Hi, I'm Leanne Ward. And I'm Susie Burrell. And every week we bring you The Nutrition Couch, the bi-weekly podcast that keeps you up to date on everything that you need to know in the world of nutrition. And as well today on our potty, we found a delicious new chocolate treat that may even help you optimize your sleep. And this week we chat about what we've been cooking up and Susie shares her delicious healthy nacho recipe with us. But to kick us off, our midweek motivational client case study of the week, Susie, is all about a lower protein intake. Do you want to run us through one of your clients who experienced just that this week? Indeed, because on top of the standard feedback and recommendation, where are your salad? Where are your vegetables? More salad, more vegetables. A very common thing that I am routinely talking to my ladies about is ticking the box on their protein intake. And inevitably, if they are people who include animal-based food in their diet, so whether it's a dairy food, eggs, you know, they might have chicken every so often, but they're not massive meat eaters. And what I'm sort of counting through the day is that, sure, they might get a good quality yogurt in the morning and then they might have an egg. And then at lunch, a lot of people are grabbing soup. So they might have that and say a cracker with cheese, quick snack in the afternoon. So some veggie sticks, some fruit. Often they're having a nut bar. They all love the nut bars. We all love nut bars. (laughs) (laughs) And then dinner might be something quick, you know, it might be say some spinach pie or it might be soup at this time of year, you know, lighter kind of options because indeed they are focused on lighter eating and calorie control and getting that balance through the week and then the weekends where they might overindulge. But if we do a counter of that protein, Leanne, so if you just have one egg say in the morning, you're probably getting between eight, maybe 13, 15 grams of protein at that meal. And then if you have a little bit of tuna, some soup crackers for lunch, you might be getting again, you know, 15, you know, if you have a a tin of tuna. Then in the afternoon, if you're having hummus or veggies, fruit, you're probably not getting anywhere near 10 even. If you even have a nut bar, you're probably getting 10. And then dinner, if you're not actually having a piece of meat or chicken and perhaps having something lighter, you know, that overall protein intake is as low as 40, 50 grams per day. Now, what we're coming to understand more about metabolism as we get older, but also in terms of nutrient requirements and getting all of the key essential nutrients like the calcium and the iron and the zinc, it really comes down to getting up to a gram per kilo of body weight and even a little bit more if the goal is to gain muscle tissue. So if you're, you know, 70, 80 kilos, you're really looking at getting 80, even up to 100 grams of protein to support that 25, 30% overall intake. And that requires some serious focus. It's basically making sure that you're getting 20 to 30 grams at breakfast, lunch, and at your afternoon tea, which is very tricky. And indeed, the client that I had this week, when I looked at her food diaries, you know, she's lost eight kilos already. She's doing really well over say four months, but she's still got another 10, 12 to go and her weight loss has really plateaued. Now, on one hand, she knows that she needs to do more exercise as so many of us do, including the client who said to me, 
very quietly that she did have a treadmill after we spent half an hour talking about how she couldn't fit her steps in each day. That's a whole nother case study we'll come back to. You know, I said to her, sure, exercise is important, but actually if we count your protein intake, because you're reaching for just a nut bar on its own and you're just having one egg in the morning, you're actually falling way short of the protein recommendations. So we've spoken about this previously and I've gone into great detail in our recent book, The Perry Plan, which is really talking about the evidence around increasing protein intake of women who are having significant metabolic change in their 40s and 50s. Because basically, Leanne, when you don't eat enough protein in the day, you end up compensating with more food. So what I was observing in my client is that she would eat quite lightly all day and have her nut bar and her veggies and she's eating really well, but then she gets the munchies. So she'll have dinner and then she'll want another cracker and then she'll have her dessert and she ends up having all these extra calories. And I said to her, that is the process. If you don't load the protein in the first half of the day, you will get hungry at night and then tend to overeat carbohydrates. So it plays a big role in controlling your appetite for the the remainder of the day. So if you too are listening and you're in your 40s and 50s and you think you eat pretty well, it really is a good idea to put a, a day in my fitness pal and see exactly how many grams of protein you're getting. And you really want 20 to 30 at breakfast, lunch, and 20 at that afternoon tea. Because my anecdotal experience with clients is when you have 20 grams of protein at afternoon tea, which may be munch snacks and cheese and crackers, it may be a high protein yogurt, it may be a nut bar, but it may be having something else with it, some edamame, something to bulk it up and get to that 20 all of a sudden they're in much more control of their appetite, they eat less overall at night and they're ticking the box to make sure that they're preserving muscle mass and metabolism, which is incredibly important. You don't want to be wasting your weight away. You want to be burning it off and building muscle tissue. And to build muscle tissue and to prevent it breaking down and and being used as energy in a calorie deficit, you have to have enough protein there. So it's really worth checking and going as high 80, 100 grams every single day is really important and actually takes a lot of time and effort, particularly, Leanne, if you don't like dairy and you don't eat seafood. If you can't eat tuna and salmon and get those in through the day, it can be really, really tricky with snacks and requires quite a lot of work. And that's why we've got our sort of products that we lean to that are high in protein, like the pumpkin seed munch snacks, because we're always trying to tick those those boxes, particularly for women as they're moving through those peri years. So certainly, if you're not happy with your, your results and you feel like you're eating well, or you feel constantly hungry and munchy, certainly check your protein intake and a few little tweaks to the type of bread, the choices you're making at breakfast, and your snacks will go a long way in making sure you're getting that balance right. And the large range of protein breads and toasts on the market at the moment are really, really good options as well. I routinely will give my clients a bit of ricotta or um, a little bit of nuts bread or avocado on some of that protein bread for like an afternoon tea snack as well can go really well. And as you said, really reduces the afternoon tea munchies. But the other thing with protein is if we're not eating enough, what tends to happen is it can for lack of a better word, ruinous metabolically long-term. So you might be dropping rate really well and really quickly initially because you've got a big calorie deficit going on. But a lot of what you're dropping, yes, is a little bit of fat mass, but it's also a little bit of muscle mass as well. If you're not eating enough protein, your body will actively lose muscle mass as it does fat mass. And that's not ideal. And you might think, oh, lost three kilos in the first week, two in the next week, and I'm losing a kilo a week. And that's awesome. But if that's eating into your muscle mass, you're going to hit a plateau much sooner and you're going to find it really difficult 
to sustain that weight loss over time. So you might be able to get a quick five or six kilos off, but if your goal is to get 20 off, you're going to really struggle to get to that 15, 20 kilogram mark if you're not supporting yourself metabolically. So I go a little bit higher with my clients, Susie. Most of mine are on at least 1.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. I know the average recommendations, I personally think they're too low, 0.8 to 1 gram for most adults. I think is too low considering most adults have a weight regulation problem. So I personally go a little bit higher, but having said that, more protein is not better. I started a new client um, a couple of months ago and she just come off the back of working with her PT and she said, you know, I'm definitely stronger. I've put on a lot of muscle mass, but I've also gained weight the whole time I've been on following this PT's meal plan. And this PT had her on 180 grams of protein a day. She was having three protein shakes a day to get that in. And she was eating like breakfast was like mince meat and like like broccoli or something just ridiculous. Like who wants to eat mincemeat at breakfast? I was like, oh my goodness. So more is not necessarily better, but you do certainly need enough as well. So it's a good idea to, like you said, we're both big fans of MyFitnessPal, just to give us a little bit of information and education. Plug in one or two days of eating. You don't have to get obsessive about it. You don't need to count your calories and track your mag- macros every single day, but it might just give you an idea of where perhaps you're going wrong on a day-to-day basis if you just plug in two to three days of sort of like a standard intake to see. So protein is important, but more is not better is my summary of this segment, Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they're good numbers that people can easily follow. All right, well, Leanne, when I was shopping this week, when my little boy now goes to a music lesson, I hot foot it down to Woolies and do my trolleys because, as you can imagine, trying to get trolleys done is a nightmare. And I was in Woolies and I came across a new product and not just any old product, Leanne. It was an exciting nutrition product because it was chocolate, and we all love chocolate, but it was this product from a company called the Mood Food Company, which is a really interesting group, actually. They're doing some uh, formulated food, so you find them in the health food section, and they're really targeting key nutrients associated with mental health and well-being. So this was the first time I've seen this product. It was called the Restful Cherry Chocolate. It's in a beautiful black box or container, and it's got all gorgeous food on the front. And it's talking about the bars in terms of a restful night's sleep. This is something you would eat before you go to bed to help facilitate sleep. So I had to buy it instantly and send it to you. And I thought, this is really fascinating. I haven't actually seen some of these ingredients or reference to these ingredients and nutrients on a product before, because they're calling out um, the blend, which includes sour cherries, which is what we would call a superfood in the sleep space because they're a source of melatonin, which is, of course, a, a supplement that a lot of people will use to support sleep. Coconut pumpkin seeds, roasted almonds, and prebiotic fiber to create a chalk-coated bar that contains naturally occurring melatonin, magnesium, and tryptophan, which, of course, are nutrients we're often referring to when it comes to sleep. Now, the nutritionals are strong. So it's um, you can buy, I think it's a pack of four, and 25 grams in a bar. So they're just over 100 calories. So they certainly fit that after dinner sort of extra. Uh, 2.6 grams of protein. They're gluten-free, 7.3 grams of fat and 3.1 saturated. So pretty good for a chocolate bar. 8.1 grams of carbohydrate and 5.6 grams of sugars, which is really low for a chocolate bar, which is what I said to you before we hopped on. 4.4 grams of dietary fiber, which is coming. um, I'll talk about that in a minute from chicory root, which some people can be sensitive to which offers melatonin, magnesium, and tryptophan. So the ingredients milk chocolate coating is 25%, followed by the chicory um, inulin, roasted almonds at 16%, which is really high, 
Actually, I've got to zoom in because you know my eyes are bad. Is it six? Am I reading it right? Yes. Almond 16, pumpkin seeds 12.6, which is again massive. Uh, coconut brown rice syrup, sour cherry at 5.9%, again, very high. Glycerine, natural color, natural flavor, and just an acidity regulator. So I'm giving it a big thumbs up. Now, I haven't tried one. I should have tried one. But nutritionally, they look and strongly, Anne. So we can't say they're clinically proven to support sleep, but certainly nutritionally, I think they're looking pretty good and certainly would be a product I'd be happy for my clients to include in that sort of 100 cal after dinner indulgence if they like them. Yeah, they sound great. They're making me hungry, actually. I just looked them up on Woolworths and it says unavailable out of stock at my local Woolies, which makes me very sad. So you'll have to take one for the team. And, you know, I know it's a hard task, but, you know, give it a try and, and see how see how it goes. But no, I quite like them. And when we say things like the nutritionals are really strong, people will come at us on social media and be like, oh, you're recommending chocolate. We mean in, in place of, you know, a bit of a healthier treat after dinner. These have got some better ingredients in them. We're not saying that it's better than eating your broccoli or anything like that. So don't take it out of context for us because a lot of people love to do that and come at us on social media. We're just saying that this is a nice little treat which may potentially help you have some improved benefits for sleep. So tart cherries, which I'm sure we've talked about on the potty before, Susie, there is a little bit of research and science behind them. So as you did say, um, tart cherry juice concentrate can actually provide an increase in levels of melatonin, which the research has shown us can actually benefit both sleep duration and also sleep quality as well. So I'm a big fan of using it. You can get it in like a juice. You can also get it in tablet form and you can get it in like a dried sort of cherry form as well. But I will say with these bars, they do say that they're gluten-free on the front, but if you have celiac disease, just be very careful because there is a disclaimer on the packet saying made on equipment that manufactures products also containing wheat. So you just need to check that. And there's a long list of processing equipments on there as well, like it's cashews, walnuts, pistachios. So me is allergic to all of them. So just because there's a high percentage chance that because of the equipment it's made on, I wouldn't give these to someone like hers. If you've got allergies or celiac disease, just be careful because of the the type of processing or where this product is manufactured. But other than that, I think it's awesome. I personally don't do very well with chicory inulin at all. I have a very sensitive tummy to that. And given that that that's the second ingredient in here and it's got 4.4 grams of dietary fiber, I probably won't go near it for the sake of my digestive system, but I'll let you give it a whirl, Susie, and let us know what you think because they do sound quite tasty. I'll bring them up when I come up in a week's time and you can have a look at it, a bit of a sniff and see what you think. Bit of a sniff. (laughs) All right. And so the final segment of our show is our suggested recipe of the week. And Leanne's been in the kitchen today, so she's got some new recipes coming up. But I've got an oldie but a goodie. Now, I'm notorious for for going for higher protein meals. I don't often do the the heavy carb dishes, but I do have a plant-based one for you all today. And it's one of my most popular recipes, actually. I've had it for a while. I call it healthy nachos. And it's basically using sort of sliced sweet potato in place of corn chips. So, and it's also a mix of black beans and corn, which I personally love because I love Mexican food. So rather than using a mince or making it like a chili con carne tomato-based sort of mix, it's sort of got a much heavier bean corn base with a little bit of fresh tomato, cumin, chili, and then layering that sauce on top of the sweet potatoes that you've obviously baked in the oven or cooked in the air fryer, however you prefer it. Actually, I bought my air fryer, everyone. I'll tell you about that next episode. I've bought the Kmart air fryer, so you can certainly make the sweet potato discs for the healthy nachos in that. So that'll make them even crunchier, which is a great little tip. And then we just top the end with some avo, some jalapeno, some lime. And then if you wanted to, you could add a little bit of extra light sour cream. I haven't even got cheese with these because, you know, traditional Mexican doesn't have a lot of cheese. That's how we've consumed it. 
but they're delicious. It's a great Monday night recipe. It's a great swap for the corn chips. You get loads of veggies. It's a great filling lunch. In terms of protein, it's a little bit on the lower side. You perhaps could serve it with some cottage cheese or protein Greek yogurt to bump that up or even have a high protein wrap on the side. But it is delicious. If you love sort of all things Mexican, need more veggies in your diet and sort of want a lighter take on a traditional nachos, you will love these. So we will pop them up on the Nutrition Couch Instagram page. And I'd love to see your photos of it because some of people have been sending me some of the photos of recipes that they've been cooking. And to be honest, they look better than mine. So bring them on. Sounds good. I personally will say that I don't think nachos are nachos without corn chips, but that is just me. But they sound delicious either way. <laughs> hey, you poo-poo my lentils. I get to poo-poo your it's sweet It's late potato. on a Saturday. She's tired. She's pregnant. She's thinking of carbs. I promise you the sweet, potato disc, after. the sweet potato dish will cut it, people. I'm telling you, don't listen to her. <laughs> All right. Well, let our listeners decide that one. Show us your photos on Instagram. We're at the Nutrition Couch a podcast on Instagram and shoot us some pictures. So that brings us to the end of the midweek motivational Wednesday episode of the Nutrition Couch. If you're enjoying the new format, you know, we've only been doing this for, what's well, easy, a month or so now, a midweek motivational episode. Shoot us a message over Instagram. We love hearing from you. Drop us a comment on our Instagram account and let us know that you're enjoying the podcast. Um, don't forget, we have our brand new Perry Guide available on our website and there's a couple of other things up there, product guides, snack guides, that sort of thing. Actually, the snack guide's coming. I shouldn't say it's up there at the moment. It is definitely coming hot to the market, hopefully in the next couple of episodes. So stay tuned for that as well and have a wonderful week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.